giving glory to God. I know that the Lord has a special word for us today. And it's not just for my family, friend. Brothers and sisters, if you are here or you're watching, it is because God has a special word for you. Some of us have lost some significant loved ones. Um, you know, some, we, we've lost an aunt, the one that I testified um, uh, last week about how she was still ministering. And in her last days, she was still encouraging people with stage four lung cancer. She's still there on her, on her, on her deathbed, and she's ministering to people and, and telling them to move forward and whatever. And she don't even know that two days, a day or two later, she's going to pass. But she's giving it all. Hallelujah. And I've seen, um, you know, to, to First Lady's point, there was a church, Praise Tempo, that lost their, you know, the bishop, their pastor, their shepherd. Um, and, you know, they're going through some times. And, and, and perhaps you have lost somebody along the way. Or perhaps you, you've gone through some times where something you love, somebody you loved, you know, is somebody that you cared for so much, you lost in the process. And the first instinct for us to do was to look back and say, you know, we question God and say, God, why? And we have a thousand reasons of questions of why that this person should not have gone. Hallelujah. But the Lord says that he gives joy for mourning, the oil of joy for mourning, that he gives beauty for ashes. And today's message is called just that. Beauty for ashes, because there will come a day, if you haven't already experienced it, where something that has been so close to you will be taken away. Hallelujah. But the one thing I can tell you confidently is that Jesus will never depart from you. Hallelujah. That he would never go away from you. Hallelujah. That the same God that was crucified on a cross, hallelujah, would be in your life today now more than ever. I want you to think about something. Think about a rose bush. Everybody should know what a rose bush is. A rose bush is, is a beautiful thing. It has a, a beautiful significance. It symbolizes love. And, and, and Brother Manny, I'm sure on your anniversary, you, you know, you bring sister flower, or roses or certain kind of flowers. With First Lady, I try to make it special. I don't just try to go with the red ones. I try to find a unique color because I want her to feel special. Amen. But what happens if I give my wife a bouquet of roses that have thorns on them? <laughs> you lose the significance of how beautiful it is. You're like, oh, it's so, oh, so beautiful, but I just got cut like in five different places. Can you say amen? But this rose bush, I'm giving you uh, here a metaphor, hallelujah. This rose bush starts out um, as, as a, it starts off as thorns, as a very thorny bush, hallelujah. And, and if you remember how it looks, it has like little sharp ones too. And you can't just go grab them. You got to prune them, okay? So, you know, you think about a rose bush and you think it's not very attractive at the very beginning when it's growing. As a matter of fact, there's hardly any green to it. It's more like a, like a yellow, or here in El Paso, it's like the trees, yellowish green. You don't get a full green of it. But anyways, you get the idea. It's, it's, a, it's going through this growing process, hallelujah. And it's not very attractive in the growing process because not only is it, is it vulnerable to dying, it's, it, it's also not very attractive to everyone else that's around it. Or every, you know, all the other flowers, not the most prettiest one of all. And it has a, a certain danger because it has thorns attached to it. And I thought about this and I said, 
You know, God, our lives are like a rose bush. There's some times that we're in the pruning process. We're, we're going through some hurtful times. Where we're going through some frustrating times in our lives. Where we're going through a time where we feel like maybe God's not there. Hallelujah. And we're going through some struggles. Can I talk to somebody today? Can I talk to you today, brother and sister? You, you know, there's some times that we go through in life that aren't the happiest when we don't have a smile on our face. And we become this thorn, this, this rose bush that hasn't bloomed yet. That hasn't got to the potential. But we know that God is doing something in the process hallelujah and what he's doing is he's building you hallelujah he's comforting you hallelujah and in your worst moments when you're on the ground and you're crying with tears in your eyes he says watch what it's about to spring forth hallelujah watch the petals that are about to come forward hallelujah and this is us he gives you something beautiful out of the most ugliest thing I was raised in a church. I was raised with my father to be a faithful man of God. I was raised in the right way. Somewhere along the path in my mid-30s, I lost track of that. It was a tough time. I went through a thorny path. But God said, I'm working something in you. And every time I lost somebody, I would come to him and be, just cry to my heart out to him. And I would pour it out because I said, I don't know why, but I trust you. And throughout life, we go through these times where we go through hurtful times. We go through painful times. We make bad decisions that have consequences to it. And we become those, those thorns that are very sharp. Hallelujah. And some of us, you know, begin to lose stems and our, and, and our, and our uh, you know, arms begin to wilt a little bit. And before you know it, if you don't give the flower or the rose water, you know that it dies. After a while, it starts blooming over and it gets heavy. How many times in your life have you been that rose? How many times have you lost something or you've been through something? I'm talking to somebody who's not perfect like the rest of us. Who's this week, just this week, was thinking, I don't know how I'm going to make it. We become this rose and we become this, 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 you know, this gloomy, this over droopy rose that's just so lost because we've lost something. And it's hurt us so much. And, and, and we're in pain. And we're in, you know, we're going through some struggles in our life. We're going through the difficult moments. Or we look back at what we used to be. And we're not proud of our past. And, and we look back and we say, man, if I could only get back to the good days. Amen. Am I talking to you today? We can hold on to things that life has thrown at us. We can grow wild. If you don't prune a rose bush, it goes everywhere. My mom used to have one in the front of her yard. Right, brother? It went everywhere. She didn't take care of it. So, I mean, that thing was like here and there and little small ones and big ones and then hanging ones that were hanging over. And that was, it was a mess. And then when it dries up, it gets real hard and it stays sharp. 
But God wants to do something today with our church, with the generation who has come to understand repentance, hallelujah, who has come to understand that they don't need anybody anymore. The only one they need is him, hallelujah. And I'm speaking to you today on this subject, hallelujah, because that person that was so close to you that you lost wasn't, you weren't really after him, her, or him, you were after the God in them. It was God that has been drawing you through that person. It is God that has been the foundation through that person. Hallelujah. Because when it's all stripped away, hallelujah, you have Jesus still in your life. But the question is, will you allow yourself to be pruned by the Lord? Will you allow yourself to go through vulnerable moments in your life where you say, God, I can't just do this. I just need to cry to you, God. I don't have the words to say to you, God, but I want to cry it out to you right now because I know that if I can give you my tears in heaven somewhere, you got a jar and you're keeping track of every tear. Hallelujah. The word of God speaks about ashes. You see, ashes are made up of everything that we have contaminated with our own ways. Everything that life, when you, when you play, let me put it this way. When, when we go through life, it's like playing with mud. Life is like playing with mud. You, you know, you just happen to get it, brother. You, you just try not to get dirty, but it gets dirty. You get dirty. And the only way you can take off the mud is to wash it off. You can't scrape it off because there's still dirt there. The moment it dries, it gets hard, doesn't it? I mean, we, ha we have children. We know. We've seen them. But it's, it's something that is a part that has been contaminated. And we try to hold on to ashes. You know, some of us are dealing with, we're in different points in our mourning. Hallelujah. And I'm not just talking about my family. I'm talking to some of those of you who have been through a hard time in your life. And you've held on to things. And you've held on to certain things in your life. Hallelujah. Let me tell you that those are ashes. And that the only way God will deal with you ever to heal you completely is to get rid of the ashes. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because there's nothing beautiful about ashes. When's the last time you said, man, I want to sit in a campfire full of ashes. <laughs> I want to sit down in an area where there's tons of ashes. So that when the wind blows, all those things blow into my lungs. And nobody wants to be around ashes. Amen? There's nothing beautiful about them. But we put ourselves in slavery to sin at times or we allow the enemy to fill us with false hope or we allow him to make us doubt God. The one person, the one true being in heaven that he is that we should not doubt. The first person is that the one that we doubt. That's the first person we go to. God, why did you do this? <laughs> Forget that there's a devil. It's God's fault. And we, be, we begin to blame God because of life. And we become, to be, we become to become a slave in some way. And before you know it, we can't even recognize ourselves anymore because we're so full of all these ashes that we have been carrying. Because you carried it from person to person. You've carried it from death to death. You've carried it from church to church. You've carried it from life to, to a good you know, few, ten years later. And you carried more ashes, relationship to relationship. And you carry all these ashes. And before, by the time you get before the Lord, he's like, who are you? Man, 
That's not how I left you. Let's take a look at the life of Job. He had the most difficult moments, in my opinion. He lost his sons all at once. I mean, the way the word of God describes it, he lost sons. Like, your son just died. You got, got killed. And then your other son just died. You know, I, I can't even imagine that. We, we, we have a hard time dealing with one. The passing of a loved one for one. Then you lose your whole family. But can I just encourage you today? That even though that Job had lost everything he and almost lost his life, he trusted God to have a plan. And I'll tell you this today, that whatever you're going through, whatever you've been struggling with, God has a plan. He has something, the blessing beyond the storm. And, and, and you may not, me may be like thinking to yourself, I'm pretty good today. I don't feel that bad. Praise God for the happy moments right now. Praise God for the joyful moments because joy does come in the morning. Hallelujah. But there are some times that are going to hurt in life. You cannot escape life. But God gives you the grace to deal with it. Some of the most difficult moments have the most beautiful blessings right behind them. Hallelujah. It was Daniel that was in the lion's den that almost, I mean, come on, these are lions that were going to eat him up. He stayed faithful to God. He trusted in God. And because of that, he was delivered. And he was granted favor. Perhaps your life doesn't seem like it's worth much. Hallelujah. Maybe you feel that you don't have a purpose. Maybe you've lost that purpose. It's easy, man. You know, let me tell you something. Can I just be real with you today? The greatest weapon that the enemy uses against the church today is discouragement. If you would sit here and say, I had never been discouraged before, you'd probably be lying. How many times do we feel discouraged? How many times do you feel that you're not adequate enough, that you're not good enough? You may, you may think that you have no purpose, but the reality is that God paid a price for you on the cross. He said, in every whatever condition that you're in right now, you're 100% worth it. That I'm willing to give my life for you so that you could live an eternal life. Where are you going with this, Pastor? Let me tell you that God wants to give you beauty for the ashes. You have to know that the greatest comforter is him. I've talked to a lot of you over the past week and a half, and, you know, I know, and we're all hurting in some way. But one thing I can tell you not to ever do is to step out of the comfort of the Lord. Because you'll keep searching, and you'll search, and you'll go through drug through drug. You'll go through alcohol through alcohol, situation through situation, relationship to relationship, and you still won't be happy. Because the only true source is the one that gives beauty for ashes. Hallelujah. 
And he wants to change something in us, hallelujah. And maybe you've, you've been going through some storms, hallelujah. But God's about to give you a blessing, hallelujah. You see, through the, hurt, the most hurtful moments, God will spring forth his word and his blessing in your life, hallelujah. You won't understand it when you're there crying and mourning. But beyond that, God says, just get through the morning for the night, hallelujah. Because joy comes in the morning, hallelujah. I said joy comes in the morning, hallelujah. And let me be of an encouragement to you. I don't get up here and shout and, and, and be passionate about it because I want to just be big and bad. I do it because I believe in my God. I know who my God is. Hallelujah. There is a masterpiece that God is building, but there are some times that it has to get ugly and you have to go through things. God never said, oh man, your life is going to be perfect. Not even his life. He, he was perfect, but the life that was around him wasn't perfect. He was tempted. He was spat upon. He was beat. He was questioned, criticized. That doesn't sound like a perfect life to me. But he was perfect. But everything around him wasn't. Life happens. But your life is like a flower that takes time to grow. Hallelujah. And at the right moment, God says, I'm about to flourish you. I'm about to water you. Your, wilt, your wilting that you had of your flower, I breathe upon it, the Lord he says, and it's going to grow and you're going to spring forth. Amen. And then you're going to be like a tree, the word of God says in there, a tree of righteousness. A tree has to dig deep to remain alive. It has to have deep roots. You with me? And just like any plant, there may be times when God has to prune it and control our growing. And we may call this time that we're going through pain and, and, and hurtful times and, and mourning, hallelujah, but it's a part of life. Let me, let me give you some more context real quick on the ashes. Can, uh, First Lady, can you go to Leviticus chapter 6? Verses 18, 8 through 13. It's a mouthful right there. Leviticus chapter 6, verses 8 through 13. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to give you an, of where I'm going with this. It's important to you understand the significance of ashes. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, that's verse 8, we're going to go to verse 9. Command Aaron and his sons, they were the priests at the time, saying, this is the law of the burnt offering. The burnt offering shall be on the earth upon the altar all night until morning. And the fire of the altar shall be kept burning on it. Verse 10, and the priest shall put on linen garments, his linen garments and his linen trousers and shall put on his body and take up the ashes of the burnt offering, which from the fire has consumed on the altar and he shall put them aside the altar. Verse 11, then he shall take off his garments, put on the garments, other garments and carry out the ashes outside the camp to a clean place. 
and the fire of the altar shall be kept burning on it, and it shall not be put out. The priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering on, in order on it, that he shall burn the fat of the ram for peace offerings. A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. How many times in those set of scriptures did you hear that the fire cannot go out? At least three. How does the fire stay alive? You have to clear the ashes. You have to clear the ashes. You have to take those ashes that are in your life and you have to clear them out. I'm a big barbecue uh, smoker fan, okay? I got my big barbecue pit and, and, and I, I do a lot of barbecue. That's so why I got a little burn here too because it comes with its consequences. Amen? You just tend to, you, don't, you forget and sometimes you get burned. It, it's a part of barbecuing. But here's my point. The only way that the fire continues to burn is if you clear the ashes so that the air can draft in. You cannot have old ashes. I can't go to last night's cook, for instance, if I had it, and, and go and start try to start a fire again. It doesn't work like that. Amen, brother? you got to clear the charcoal out. you got to clear all that. Whatever you use, you have to clear the ashes out. Is it no wonder that God uses this example and says, hey, when, you're, when that altar is to be, you know, you keep the altar running, but get the ashes and clean them out. Get rid of the ashes because the ashes will suffocate your fire. Are you listening to me today? You see, you may be struggling with something. You may be going through a hard time, probably because the ashes that you've left in your heart have not been removed. So your fire has started to go out. So your prayer life has started to die out. So your fasting life has started to suffer a bit because you have not removed the ashes in your life. God wants to give you beauty for your ashes. Hallelujah. If you want the fire to keep burning, take your ashes and say, God, to you I give these to you so that you could exchange it for something beautiful. Amen. The priest was commanded to clear out the ashes daily, every day. Doesn't that sound like our walk with God? You are to serve him when? Not monthly, daily. The word of God says, take up your cross. Every day is a challenge. Every day someone's going to make you mad. Every day someone's going to get annoying. Every, that's life. But God says, get the ashes Clean up your personal altar in your life. Get it, all those ashes out of the way and keep the fire burning. The fire must always remain lit. And what, let me ask you this, if you caught it. What were these ashes from in the time of the priest? They're from the burnt offerings, sacrifices. When you sacrifice to God, it's a cleansing process. No one wants to sit there and play with ashes. And if you've, you know, I've experienced this first, firsthand that ashes are a mess, first of all. When I go to clean my firebox, and if the wind is blowing a little bit, it's going everywhere. But I've noticed that if I can keep it together in my box... 
And, I, and, and you know, I, when it's done and I'm put, keeping together, slowly rake those things off, it's not so bad. I'm not teaching you how to cook, okay? I'm just giving you some examples. But I have a purpose and a point. And my point is this. you got to keep the fire alive. you got to go to God daily. you got to say, God, I have this hurt. I have this pain in my inside of me that I, I don't know how to deal with, God. And, and, you know, I'm putting it on the altar to be burnt. I'm sacrificing my, uh, my morning. And I'm saying, here, I can't handle this. I need you to burn it on the altar. And I'm going to take out the ashes, God. And in return, you're going to give me the beautiful part of what comes next. God wants to give you beauty in return for your ashes. He wants to give you joy and peace during your mourning. The Bible does say there is a time to mourn. But let that mourning be with him. So that your fire still burns. Because if you're not careful, discouragement comes from the enemy and will, and will mess with you. And then you'll wander further from God. The Lord wants to do something great in the lives of us that are here today. He is moving in his church. And not just here. And other churches around you know, when you come to God and you repent and say, God, I need forgiveness, that's burning on the altar. You're burning sacrifice. You're coming to him and saying, God, I'm sorry. I messed up. Burning that on the altar. Can we get a keyboardist? I don't know. where. I think she's in the room. I'm coming to a close. Underneath the ashes... Have you ever, I like to provide a lot of examples if you, you can't tell. Have you ever seen the forest fires that happen? You know, they get burnt completely. They're charred, black, ugly. I mean, it looks horrible. But after a few months to years, something happens. A regrowing process starts again. And before you know it, a little green sprout comes out. And then years later, as a part of the process, you start noticing that what was once burned is no longer burning like that anymore. It's not burnt. It's a living plant or a tree. And that's what God does with us. He says, you know, man, sometimes we got to burn up the field in your life because it's so, it's just so thorny and so, you know, in its own way that I got to burn down the field just a little bit. It's not going to kill you, but it's going to hurt a little bit. But out of that field, hallelujah, when it finally starts growing back again, you'll see the harvest that's going to be in your life. Amen. Isaiah 43, 7 says this, even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him. Yeah, I have made him. Don't ever let the devil lie to you and tell you you're not worth it for the Lord. And I'll tell you this, let us all stand. Mm -hmm.